Alright, hi everybody. Um, I have been meaning to do this for a while now, but it's finally here, Danielle. Um, when I said that I was going to do a podcast, I wasn't a hundred and ten percent sure. Of course, I was going to talk about what would my target audience be, and a friend of mine said to me. That Karine, I need somebody to listen to. I need somebody to tell me that I can do this. That I can go from day to day and do this. I said, alright. I've been thinking about my first episode for quite some time now. So I said, alright. Let me do this. And the thing is, I sat and I thought and I said, do I use an acronym? How do I tell somebody that? You can do this, girl. You can do this. You can do this. And I realized that it's just by telling you that you can. And I could sit here for hours and hours and hours and tell you all the amazing things in the world. Things in the world. But if you don't believe that you can, you'll never be able to do it. All right. I think the most important thing for us to do is to condition our minds to the point that I can do anything. I don't care how it looks right now, I can do it. I'm going to get over on the other side. Right? It's just like in the story of children of Israel. They were coming out of Egypt. They didn't know how they were going to get to Egypt. They just know that this God was doing whatever he could to get them out of this situation. They just saw that glimmer of hope. And that's the thing. It's that glimmer of hope. Many of us, we get to a point in our lives where we just see a little... There's a possibility. There's some small possibility that something can be accomplished. And we say, all right. And when the children of Israel saw this little possibility, this little glimmer of hope in the form of Moses, they said, all right, I'm going to do this. But then they started a journey. And I love this story so much because it's... It wasn't just one miracle that they needed. They didn't always have it all together. Things didn't always go their way. They didn't always see themselves coming into the promised land. But they kept on going nonetheless. They fell and they got back up and they kept on going. Because first obstacle that they faced in their journey is that as they came upon the Red Sea and remember all their issues, well, all the... The Egyptian soldier, soldiers, they were right on their heels. And they came up to this Red Sea. And they didn't see how they were going to cross the sea. And then they said, alright, if we turn back, the Egyptians are going to catch us again. And we're at that point. And I understand that many of us in our lives, we get to that point where I don't see how I can go ahead. And it's still dangerous if I turn back. It's still heartbreaking if I turn back. I don't know how I'm going to cross the Red Sea, but if I turn back, I'm going to go back into captivity. The children of Israel, they got so fed up. They got so scared. They got so blinded by the obstacle that was in front of them and how big the obstacle looked that they didn't realize how big God was and how able he was. Right, and it's like that for many of us. It's really like that for many of us where we have this plan, we want to do this thing. When I wanted to do my podcast, and yes, I'm like, All right, I can do this. God, I said I can do this, I'm going to do this. And then, the podcast is supposed to start. I don't know how to make a podcast, and then if I turn back, 
I have all these people that were encouraging me to disappoint. And they, just like the Israelites, they felt like I have to make a choice. I have to make a choice. Like, am I going to turn back and go back into the hands of the enemy? Or am I going to swim this Red Sea out? Am I going to cross this Red Sea? But because they didn't see a way for them to cross the Red Sea, they told Moses that basically you and your God have carried us out here to allow us to drown. So better yet, bring us back to Egypt. And Moses looked to the heavens and the Lord told him, just stretch forth your rod. And Moses' rod was just a little old piece of stick. Probably just picked it up on his way going to Egypt to talk to Pharaoh. A little old piece of stick, honestly. That some of us may look at it and say that it doesn't have much value. It's just an old piece of stick. What's that thing in your life that you feel like is just an old piece of stick? What's that thing that God is telling you to use but you feel like it's not good enough to be used? Whoa, that's a word right there. Oh my gosh. What is the thing? Where is your rod? If we want to be successful in our lives, we have to be able to pick up our rod. Right? So Moses took up this old piece of stick, this thing that to us doesn't have much significance. It's just a piece of stick. It's probably not even it's not even fancy looking. It's just probably it's dirty. Probably it's shedding. And Moses stretched forth his stick and the little insignificant piece of stick parted the Red Sea. And because the thing is enough, no matter how insignificant something may look in our eyes, once God gets behind it, once God gets behind it, oh my gosh. Because it's just like David. In David's very father, father's high eyes, he didn't have what was what it took to be a king. That's the thing. No. Jesse did not see his youngest son as a king. He had him outside tending to the sheep. And tending to the sheep never really take all that much. Didn't take all that much strength out of you. Because I don't think you're significant enough to do anything else. And it's not that I don't love you. It's not that I don't appreciate you. I just don't think that you can do it. Because in my eyes, I don't see you having the ability to do that. Do it. So David is like that rod. You and I probably are like that rod. I know that I'm like that rod. The first time somebody told me that Karine you speak, well, I was like, what? <laughs> me? Girl, stop your nice because speak well where? The first time somebody told me Karine should consider consider preaching, I was like, what? <laughs> no. I'm not good enough to do that. <laughs> I'm a rod. I'm an old piece of stick. Yes, it can probably do something, but it can't do anything that significant. It can't do anything that great. It's not great enough to move and shape the heavens. No, sir. This old piece of rod can't part that red sea that's in front of me. I'm going to need something a little bit more significant. Probably the children of Israel is like, we need a ship. We need a boat. We need something to get across this ocean, but it's definitely not that rod. It's not that insignificant thing. But God got behind that insignificant thing. When he got behind that insignificant thing, the way he got behind David, 
the way he got behind Joseph, the way that he has gotten behind so many people in his word, the way that he has gotten behind me over the, these past years, the way that he has gotten behind my parents, the way that he has gotten behind so many people. The insignificant thing becomes so significant because when Moses stretched forth his rod, God didn't tell Moses what he was going to do when it stretched forth. He just told him to stretch forth your rod. Understand? And it was the first time the rod had performed a miracle. So probably Moses felt that, yeah, something can go on your soul. But Moses stretched forth his rod and when he stretched forth his rod, the sea parted in two and land came in the middle. And Moses led the children of Israel across and they walked. I'm like, you walked through water on land and when after you have gone through all of that as soon as you meet up on another obstacle you completely forget about the person who was able to part the red sea because the children of israel at one point they didn't have any food if i remember correctly and when they didn't have any food they told moses that they wanted to go back to egypt because you brought us out here to stuff, and that's angered God, and that is quite understandable. I'd be angry too. I'd be angry too. I'm sure Moses was frustrated. Moses was tired of them, tired of the complacency. Because that's not what I want to talk about. I want to focus on the aspect of the story with the rod. Right? I tell people all the time, my favorite story in the Bible is the story of David, especially in this season of my life. I believe that as I go through seasons of my life, God brings out Bible characters and that can speak to the current situation that I am in. The Bible serves as a guide for all Christians and I believe that as we go through seasons of our life, if we are meditating and studying God's word, he will reveal to us people who are like us through that season as a beacon of hope that we can get through. Right? The season that I'm in right now is the season of David and the season of Peter. It's a quite, it's going on, running consecutively. And I remember where I am at with David now is when David is still very young. And I alluded to it earlier. And Samuel, God sent Samuel down to little lowly Bethlehem. And he said, Samuel, go to Bethlehem because there's a king down by Bethlehem that I want you to anoint. And in this scenario, I am David. And in this scenario, you are David. You, you specifically that is listening to me. You, that person who is losing hope, who really don't see how you're crossing this Red Sea, who really don't see how you have any significance. You're David. I am David. We are David. And Samuel... And all his obedience came down to Bethlehem and he went to the house of Jesse. And when he went to the house of Jesse, he told Jesse that I am here to anoint one of your son king. To gather them all together. And Samuel was so specific when he told Jesse, gather all your son together. And I just could not understand fully why is it that Jesse didn't even think to call David. It was because David was extremely insignificant. David can't do anything great. No, sir. David? No, 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 no. Somebody else but not David. <laughs> Something else but not that rod. 
not that insignificant thing. Somebody else but not Kareem. Somebody else but not you. You're not ready for this yet. And David was outside tending to his sheep. David wasn't bothered with anything. He was just doing that thing. He was just in his element. He was just waiting on God and letting God have his way. He didn't know what was going on inside the room. But David, I believe, had a little imp. There's always a little oomph in our lives when God is calling us. We always have it in the back of our mind. But usually we brush it off as, no God, uh-uh. But David outside and David tending to his sheep while Samuel is inside and Jesse has paraded his sons in front of Samuel. The sons that he considered to be significant. The sons that he expected great things from. He paraded them, paraded them in front of Samuel. And Samuel was impressed. Because first of all, you know, Samuel had his, probably had it in his back of his mind from God said, go down to Bethlehem. Like, what am I going down to Bethlehem go do? Because Bethlehem was a very insignificant town. It was a small town. And nothing good could come out of Bethlehem back in those days in their heads. And then he go down to Bethlehem and he thinks he's seeing the best of Bethlehem right now. Like, no man got Wow. I'm impressed. This must be your king. The Lord reminded Samuel that while man looks at the outward appearance, God looks at the heart. So the thing is, you know, it's not how you look to everybody else. It's not what everybody else see. I look at you when I might say, oh, that girl, I can't sing. Or, no, that girl, I can't talk in front of people. No, that girl, I can't draw. No, sir, this girl, I can't pray. God looks the heart and he said in his word that he acts upon the good desires of your heart and when God looked at the heart of Jesse's other sons he didn't see what he was looking for for his king Samuel said to Jesse are these all your sons and Jesse was like nah there's a little boy outside and Samuel said, send and call him quickly, for we shall not sit until he enters the room. I am decreeing and I am declaring and I am prophesying over your life that people are going to be uncomfortable until you get there. Things aren't going to run in their correct order until you get into that room that God is sending you into. And I feel that so heavenly for somebody. I feel that so heavenly for somebody that God is calling you into a room right now. And you may feel like the enemy is working against you. And you may feel like people in that room are blocking your entrance. But God is not going to allow things to run its course until you get there. And when they went and they sent and they called David... And I'm guessing that by now all the brothers were clean, well-dressed. Because the Bible points out the fact that while David was a handsome man, he was extremely dirty when he entered the room. Because he was outside and he was tending to the sheep and he was sweaty and, you know, sheep aren't the best smelling of animals. And David came just as he was. David came just like old T.D. Jakes came with his speech impediment. David came just like how Sarah Jakes came with a baby and a divorce. David came just like how I came with all my mental issues, my depression, my anxiety. 
David came just like how you are. Not having it all together. Not being on top of his game. Not having everything in place. Not having everything going his way. David came. Because first of all, God sent for me and I am coming. I don't care how I look. I don't care what anybody else has to say about me when I get into that room. Because God has sent for me. I am coming just as I am. I don't need to fix up anything. You don't need to fix up anything. David got into the room before Samuel could even ask. God said, yes. Here he is. Here she is. This is my king. This is my queen. This is my teacher. This is my prayer warrior. This is my prophet. This is my discerner. This is who I am looking for. For such a time as this. This is who I want. David came into the room and Samuel anointed David. Samuel anointed David. David went back outside and David continued to tend to his sheep. And I want you to get that. Because many of us might miss that. I've missed it quite a few times until somebody came to church and mentioned it to me. And I was like, oh my gosh. I can't believe I missed that. There's some things. And she didn't tell me it in this way. But I need you to understand this. That when you're anointed to do something. It's not going to happen right away. It doesn't always happen right away. But you see, while you're in the waiting process. Get back and tend to your sheep. You see, whatever you were doing, you see, whatever God was preparing you, whatever God was doing with you through your preparation, get back to that place and continue preparing. Remain humble. Remain humble. Remain humble. That's the thing. We have to remain humble. God said in his word that he that exalted himself shall be a great beast. David remained humbled. David went back outside and David didn't start acting as if he had made it already. David knew that something greater was coming. But until it gets here, I'm going to continue doing God's work. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to pause. I'm going to keep on working. I'm going to keep on studying. Because while that thing is coming, I am preparing to step into my miracle. I am preparing to step into my kingdom. I am preparing to step into that step into that thing that I was anointed for. So whatever it is that I was doing when God anointed me, I'm going to continue doing it until he calls me fully into my purpose. Until he says it's time for you to get on the next level. Until he says it's time for you to step up and step in. What a word. What a word. What a word. And this is probably, this is my first podcast. And I just feel the urge to leave it right here. Because I feel like whatever we needed to be delivered has been delivered. But I need you to make a promise to yourself today i need you to have a basic understanding of today that god is able to take an insignificant thing and make it significant in front of everybody 
in front of everybody. I saw a quote that says that God is a God who's able to take a nobody and turn him into a somebody in front of everybody without asking anybody. He has done it for me and I believe he can do it for you. He has done it for me time and time and time again. I'm not asking you. I'm not asking you. He's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we can ask or think. If he has called you to a purpose, I don't care what came against you. I don't care if coronavirus came to Jamaica so we can't leave my yard no God. I don't care if CXC and CAPES, CAPES have been set back and I don't feel like I can do it anything anymore, God. I don't care if you're not at the college yet. I don't care if you don't see how you're going to pay for the university. I don't care if you don't see the tuition yet. I don't care if you don't see the acceptance yet. God is able. If he says that you're going to become a doctor, I don't care if you don't see the $5 million a year to study medicine, I know that he will make a way. Hang on to him. Hang on to that assurance. Grab on to that rod. You see that insignificant thing that everybody else said, no, that's not good enough to do with this. Hang on to it because as long as God says, move, I need you to get to that place where you're ready to get up and move. Get up and start pumping. Get up, girl. Girl, you better get up. I don't want you to put your rod and hide it under a bushel. I don't want you to hide it in a corner. I don't want you to dim your light because you feel like everybody else is shining brighter than you know. That's not enough. You are always where you need to be. You are always where you need to be for God to use you. Understand? If you're in the valley, he can use you in the valley. If you're on the mountain top, he can use you on the mountain top. If you're halfway in between, he can move use you halfway in between. And if he needs to use you at another level, he's able to elevate. He's able to move you. There's a trust in this relationship. Because that's what's many wrong with many of us Christians is that we don't have a relationship with Christ. We know God based on what we hear the preacher say on a Sunday. We know God because we heard that sister there over there to testify that he came from a husband. We know God because we heard that sister over there testify that she pays his mortgage. But what has God done for you? Who is this man that you claim to love? For me, he's my healer, he's my rock, he's my provider. But who is he to you? Know him for yourself. Know him for yourself. And know him well enough to know what it is that he plans to use you to do. It is a relationship. A relationship goes back and forth. It requires compromise. It requires communication. It requires trust. It requires loyalty in order for it to last. Or else you and Jesus are going to break up. Or else you and your relationship is going to be weak. You're going to be unhappy if you're not maintaining that relationship with Christ. Because even though his grace is sufficient for you, you have a responsibility to know him, to love him, to trust him. Crazy faith. That's the thing about when God tells you to use your rod, it takes crazy faith. 
when God tells you to use that thing that he has given you that you don't feel like is very insignificant it takes crazy faith it takes crazy faith it takes a level of faith that says that God even if you don't deliver me out of this situation right now God I'm going to keep on trusting you it takes crazy faith to say God I'm going into university right now because you said to go and God I don't know if I'm coming out of there but I'm going in because I know that you're a God that is able to get down in that thing with me because that's going to happen sometimes when you're following your purpose it's going to happen when you're using your rod you're going to find yourself into some sticky situation sarah jake roberts calls it a tight spot you're going to find yourself in a tight spot but when you get into that tight spot what you need to do is not to complain it's not to murmur it's not to grumble what you need to do is let your praises raise out of that tight spot and in turn in turn invite god to get him thrown into that thing with you the three hebrew hebrew boys when they got into that fiery furnace they already had made up their mind that their god was able to get them through it but even if they didn't come through it whatever it is that your will is for me god that is what i am trusting and what god did is that he got down in that thing with them and he stood up as the fourth man. And once God gets into the situation, it doesn't matter how far everybody else is. Everybody is going to see that there is a difference. There's a difference about how you stood in your storm. There's a difference about how you stood in your fiery furnace. Everybody is around you know that the fire was hot. Everybody around you knew that you couldn't manage to go through university. Everybody knew that you knew that you had that cancer. But it was about how you operated when you had that cancer it's about how you operated when you were sick it's about how you operated when you didn't see the money to pay the tuition and that special thing about how you operated is because god has gotten down in that thing with you so when everybody else around you was panicking and when everybody around you was murmuring and saying you're not going to make it she's not going to make it she's not going to make it might as well give up right now because you're not going to make it but because you know that God is thrown in that thing with you because you have a relationship with that man. You're going to stand up in there and be assured that at the end of the day, not even your very garments will smell of the smoke. Yes, I said it. God is awesome. God is great. God is great. Who is God to you? The other day I asked this question, my status that during this time, as my country and so many other countries like it are on lockdown and we're in quarantine, we can't go to school, can't go to church. It's an opportunity for us to reflect. And the question now becomes, who is God to you? Can you get into the presence of God outside the church sanctuary? When the doors of that building are closed, who is God to you? That's the question. Can you enter his gates with thanksgiving on your own? Or are you dependent on somebody else to hitch a ride to get there? Are you dependent on seeing his glory through other people? 
Are you dependent on seeing his glory only when the choir is singing? Are you dependent on seeing his glory only when the preacher is speaking? Or can you get to that place for yourself? Do you have something that you're hanging on to? That when you remember it, all you can say is thank you, Jesus. That when you think about that situation that you found yourself in. When you think about when you were on the hospital bed. When you think about when your back was against the wall. All you can evoke is just a praise of thanks. Do you have a testimony? Do you have an understanding of who God is? Or are you dependent on somebody else's understanding of God to hitch a ride? That ride that you're trying to hitch won't take you through the gates of heaven. It won't take you through the gates of heaven. Because the truth is that in this season is a time for us to really realize where we stand with God. That is if we're standing with him any at all. I tell I've been saying this that I don't care how 2020 looks. I got the word that when he said it was a season of plenty. It was a season of perfect vision. I got the word when he told me that it was time. So I don't care how it looks right now. It looks dark. Yes, it looks gloomy. Yes, no, I get it. The fiery furnace is hotter than it used to be. But guess what? I'm about to step into it. And rest assured that my God is about to step down in this thing with me. And the thing about God, about when he stretched steps down into a tight spot with us, is that he stretches it out on our behalf. When God gets into a room, space has to be made. So when I evoke my praise out of my tight spot, when you evoke your praise out of your situation, the fact of the matter is that it's an invitation for God to get down in with us. He ain't going to just jump down in that thing with us and he doesn't know that we need him. Evoke that praise. Come on, man. Let's praise him in advance. Because I know that he can. I know that he will. And if even if he doesn't, I'm still going to praise him. And that is my word for you today. And I hope that you would have truly been blessed. I hope that you find yourself as a place where you know God for yourself. And in knowing God for yourself... You know what God's purpose is for you and you can find your rod. You can find that thing that God is ready to use. May God bless you all eternally. And with that, we close in prayer. When I say, most righteous, eternal and heavenly Father God, thank you for this amazing opportunity to come into your presence. Thank you, heavenly King, for your grace. Thank you, heavenly King, for your mercies. Thank you, mighty God, for your word. Thank you, mighty God, for the lives that are already being touched. Because though I can speak, mighty God, it's you that touches lives. It is you that changes hearts. So, Heavenly Father, touch and change today. Heal and restore, Heavenly Father. Cleanse, mighty God. And may all of us that leave here today leave here change. Leave here, mighty God, with an assurance that you are able, that you are mighty. Heavenly King, we thank you. Heavenly King, we bless you. And Heavenly King, above all, we magnify you and we bless your most holy and precious name. Indeed, God, your God, all by yourself, continue to guide and protect and bless us all. In your name, I pray.
Amen. 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 And amen. With that being said, I am Karen Levins. Thank you so much for joining me. This is my very first podcast and I am looking forward to your feedback. God bless you. God bless you.